never came back. A one, two, three, four. Hello. Hello. <laughs> as soon as we're a man down, I'll let you do the intro, Jamie. Yes, yeah, so welcome to episode 26. I mean, there's no Tom, is there? So, you know, it's just me and you for now. <laughs> if you were joined, we have no idea. But this is episode 26, our second episode in our live, our live episodes. That's right. So I'm going to bring up the chat so you can see everybody. We are live on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook. We are live everywhere. So, I mean, let's see what happens. I mean, I may just just throw this in here. You ready for this? Let's, let's just surprise him. Just 30 seconds. Tom. Just before we go any further, Tom, what's your excuses for being late? Um, I was having a shit. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you were going to lie or not. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, I mean, it's just going to be mainly us three, and we'll also maybe have a few guests just jump in, talk about the draft as well. So, without further ado, let's bring on the draft specialist. It's Mark. Here he is. Hey, you alright, boys? How are you doing? Yeah, good, mate. Yeah, good, mate. I'm alright. I'm, I'm on my bed at the moment. I've got no broadband in my house. I've just come back from a walk, and you've asked us to jump on a pod, so I'm getting on as quick as I can. <laughs> yeah, good. Really good, mate. Really good. You, you don't need to say for the whole one. I mean, we, we, I mean, if, if we're all completely honest, I mean, I'm sure all of us would not be here for the full time if you weren't, we weren't the host. So if you need to jump off, don't worry. We could, we could just get rid of you like that. So we're all okay, <laughs> <aren't> we? so, <laughs> so you can go if you want. <laughs> yeah, we don't really have anything on the agenda. We did have a guest lined up, and unfortunately he has had to postpone until next week. But we're keeping it. Fairly tight lips because we're quite happy with the guests we've got. We're quite looking forward to it. Uh, so we've just cobbled together this now. We've asked our favourite Jordy Preacher to come into the um, into the frame and preacher. Or preacher? preacher. That's what oh. I think Gaz calls him on Twitter because of his uh, predictions in the uh, during the season, isn't it? Um, yeah. <laughs> tends to get a couple of bets right. Um, just to sort of give some draft hype, really, because we've been doing our own. Um, fantasy draft this week haven't we and it's been going on and it's yeah. been debates and and mark are, I'll, way too early. I'll call you mark I, i'm resisting calling you mark cart because that is what we know you as um, but i'll call you mark for, for the purposes mark of this strong, strong safety for the san francisco uh, <laughs> um, yeah just to get you on to to well actually the real reason is we wanted the names that you put in the group in your accent that was the uh, absolutely <laughs> well, do you know what's like? We've we've had a few of the pro days, haven't we? So the pro days have been doing quite well. So I mean, there's a couple of players who made a jump as a result of the pro days, and some of them fell down. Um, I think everybody in the chat now knows my love for Ron Deal more. But wow, what a performance he had in his pro deal, eh? Yeah, is is he the the mini Tyreek Hill, the five foot seven one? Yeah, yeah, he's five foot seven, but he's pretty he's pretty racked up. You know, like when you look at him with his with his top off, you know, like he's not like um he's not like Hunter Renfro build, you know, he's more like he's more he's more like um he's more like um yeah, like Tyree Kill, you know? Yeah. The 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 vertical so, jump was ridiculous, wasn't it? Oh, like literally like play, literally like a play. I mean I expected him to test really well. You know, like if you watch him for Purdue Purdue. You know, the, the, he looks fast and he plays fast as well. Sometimes that track speed doesn't translate to the to the field, yeah. but you look at him and you think, yeah, he's rapid. He's really rapid, and, um, and he's he's a handful to take down. He's almost got like a like a running back build, 
but obviously, you know, put the ball in his hand and he's going to be really good. I'm, I'm so high on him. I was high on him anyway. But, um, you know, like if if, so, if a team gets him at the bottom of the second, you know, like at the, you know, like, you know, like around about them first five picks of the second round, you know, yeah. like they're going to, they're going to, they're going to feel pretty good about it. So who are you, oh. obviously, I know you've put some stuff in the group and that, but who's your sort of big movers and, and big fallers from the pro day so far? Because I think, um, like Gregory Rousseau's had his pro day today and is it Jalen, is it Jalen Phillips or whatever he's called? Yeah, yeah, pro days yeah. today, haven't they? You just need to say yeah. the names, please, Mark. Yeah. Jalen Phillips and uh, Gregory Rousseau. <laughs> That's my favourite. Gregory Rousseau is my favourite. Um, who's? Do you know who is right? There's obviously the two Penn State guys, Micka Parsons, who you also love is the same, and uh, Jason Oye have been just phenomenal. I mean, like their their, their testing was off the charts. Like the strength and programming coach of Penn State needs a bonus or something like that because them two were just freaky. I mean, you're talking about you're talking about 250 pound lads, you know, 250 pound lads running like four four threes, ridiculous, ridiculous. Yeah, but um, easy work. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you, you should see Tom move when he closed the chippy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Speaking I mean, I, I mean, Tom, like, though. God, I was just, just going to quickly say, Tom. <laughs> Jordan. Good old Jordan. Good old Jordan. Desperate. I mean, we'll, we'll get onto question. We'll get onto a bit of questions later, but I just wanted to throw that one at you, Tom. So, <laughs> There's a bit of a yeah, backstory to that, isn't there? That's um, we'll probably have to yeah. touch on that. He's a prick. I mean, does, it... the <laughs> I mean, does, it, does anybody have any questions? Do any of the listeners have any? I mean, do people want to have anything about you know like mean, their team, yeah. who they're drafting, and who might be a fit potentially? There's one just coming from JP there, actually. Mm. Um, yeah, I've just seen it. So let's have a look at so, it. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so this is so basically this make is me feel I mean. good and tell me there's a zero percent chance we take Mac Jones. Otherwise, I might have a very bad draft night. John, personally, mate, I think you can sleep sound. I don't think you're going to be taking Mac Jones because why trade up the three from? You've got to ask yourself that. Consensive, like the consensive know-it-alls of the draft, you know, like all stating that Mac Jones is going to be the fifth quarterback that's going to be taken. Even if someone was really high on him, you think he's going to go right? Okay, well, then he might go. He might be the fourth quarterback taken. If that's the case, you wouldn't have had to trade up the three. I think if you're trading up the three, you're trading up for we. Have, my my theory is is if you're trading the three, you're trading to start a quarterback straight away. Which kind of makes me lean more towards Fields than Lance, um, just because of the experience. Um, Fields has been playing in the last year, played some college games, a lot more college games, played at a higher level. Um, whilst I think that there's really not much between Trey Lance and Justin Fields, I think if you're picking three, you're definitely not taking Matt Jones. I think. You're wanting somebody to start straight away. In that case, you're going to be taking Justin Fields. I've read quite Another a bit about him on, on Twitter and people obviously saying that Ohio sort of bring in and recruit quarterbacks to suit their system so they look a lot better than they actually are, a la Dwayne Haskins. Is there a risk of that with Justin Fields? Or... Do, you, do you know when you've got quarterbacks up and run, the floor's so much higher for them? Because... They can always rely on the legs. I mean, you saw Jalen Hurts come in for Philadelphia and just look what he was able to get out of Philadelphia because he could run with the ball. And that's the thing, yeah. you see. Like, I think I think when you've got somebody who's got that kind of athleticism like Justin Fields, and he has got accuracy as well, Tom, and he has got a really big arm. The only thing that he really hasn't got is he doesn't make quick decisions. He's got a bit of that Deshaun Watson where he'll hold on to the ball. So he needs to be, he needs to be making decisions quicker. But let's face it, if he's playing for Kyle Shanahan, you know, this guy gets people open like nobody else can get people open. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, he, he'll design players where he's throwing people with three or four yards of space, you know? Um, and, and I think when you can move like Trey Lance and like Justin Fields can, the floor is that much higher. You've got to remember as well, right? They've traded up from 12 to 3. 
This is the yeah. biggest trade in 49er history. It's arguably the biggest trade in, in a, you know, like in terms of capital, what people have given up yeah, in NFL yeah, yeah. history. Yeah. You're talking three, you're talking three first round picks here. So and a third. So you you know, like Kyle Shanahan's reputation is on the line here. Now mm. it doesn't sound like he's going to be putting his reputation, everything on the line to move for somebody like Mac Jones, who barely moves the needle on watching. Yeah. He's going for something completely different. He gets to play Russell Wilson. He gets to play Kyler Murray twice a year. He's seen the damage that a Russian quarterback can do. And he's gone, I want one of my own. And I think I it'll it. probably be Justin Fields. Yeah. So I there like you go. It. Does oh. that help, John? So I suppose talking about the trade then, that was obviously a very, very dear trade, but Miami. I think done well out of it, and they've done well sort of the past couple of years, and maybe next year as well with trade draft capital. What, yeah. what, what's your thoughts on them? Where, where are they going? Well, you know, as I was listening to a pod earlier on the day, not to steal their line, um, but I'm going to steal their line. <laughs> you know, they've, they've 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 nabbed an extra first round pick, and probably are going to still take the player they wanted to take at six. Yeah, you know, see if on their shortlist that has. Realistically, say their shortlist was of three, and they went, right, we're not going to take a quarterback because they're trading out of three. So on their shortlist, I imagine they've got Jamar Chase, Kyle Pitts, and Penny Sewell. When they're trading back behind the Bengals, they automatically know that Sewell's got off their list because the Bengals are going to nab him on the really. So that leaves you Kyle Pitts and Jamar Chase. Bearing in mind that the Falcons are before them, now, I think when all said and done, the Falcons are going to trade out of number four anyway. And I think whoever I think whoever wants, whoever's left out of Fields and Lance will jump into that fourth spot. So you've got four quarterbacks going straight away. You've got Sewell going at number five. And then at number six, you've still got Jamal Chaser, you've still got Kyle Pitts. And I'm yeah. guessing that the likelihood is, is they're still going to have a shot at the player who they were probably going to originally take at three. So, yeah. you know, like in terms of gathering capital and a masterclass of how to trade and manoeuvre and the, this has been like three or four years in the making this you know like yeah. it's like the, the Dolphins have just put themselves in such a great position and I think if anything Tom this tells us that Tua's their guy it just tells you that they're all in on Tua but yeah. saying that if Tua wants to feel this yeah they've still got the capital to move back up and get a quarterback next year if need be yeah yeah, they're covered well. We've got, a, got another question on here from Mr. Socials. Kadarius Tony, talk to me. I don't think that's a question. I think that's, I don't know. Just going to not in here. <laughs> Please talk to me. <laughs> so I put Kadarius Tony in that same kind of bracket as your Von Deal more. You know, like he's one of those kind of wide receivers who, who can move and power over people like a running back. Um, I'm not as high on Darius Tony as I was on um, one deal more. Just because he, he you know, like, I, I don't, I don't, I, I think when you've got pits on your team, you know, like a lot of, uh, there's a lot to be caught underneath when you've got somebody a tight end like Kyle Pitts stretching the field. That's yeah. the truth. And I think that Kadarius Tony done, done as well as he could with that kind of, like, you know, with that kind of space and that kind of, uh, Lesser focus of attention on him. Personally, I think one deal more is a shade ahead of him, but he's a similar kind of player. He's one of those who want to get the ball in his hands. You'll scheme early. <laughs> you'll scheme him open. Um, you'll probably make a lot of catches within that five to ten yard range, and he's really a yards after catch machine. So, yeah, he's hard to bring down. Though. He is very hard to bring down. And just having a look, um to go through again what is your opinion on the seahawks second round pick after free agency it's from our other college from jordan yeah um you know i haven't really looked god i mean pete carroll can you try who can predict what pete carroll's going to take but first of all is one thing i mean i mean he just seems to he just he's like bloody mike meok to some extent where he's just got his own <laughs> draft board and that's his guy and that's who he's going to get and he's like i don't care if i'm taking this guy three rounds early and i'm thinking like collier and people like that and rashad penny 
you know. But in the second round, let's have a little think what they need. Okay, so they're all like a wide receiver. Um, do you know what is going, going on their form? Going on that past form. I wouldn't be surprised if they took a running back. I wouldn't be surprised if they took a running back. I know they've, I know they've got Penny and they've got Carson and all that there. But I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised with Pete Carroll if he took a running back. I really wouldn't. I'm just trying to put myself in the mind of Pete Carroll and the way he works. And I'm thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking it's going to probably be the most left field pick I can think of. So it's probably going to be a running back, you know? Uh, just slightly going away from the draft, we had a question quite early on saying, How long does it take to understand the rules? Mr. Fudge. <laughs> Billy Wharton. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Fudge. Fudge. I mean, um, um, Jordan and the Edgy Ones wanted some fudge, so if you wanted to, and Billy, there you go. <laughs> but um, I think that's the only one thing that's stopping a lot of people getting into the American football is there is so many rules. I know, obviously, when we talk about 40, it's just. Two teams just got to kick the ball over there. You have the offside rule, and that's basically it, really, isn't it? But um, it's just one of those. It, I think even I'm still kind of learning some of the wrestling rules. I mean, I only knew about that because of Madden. It's like, because you never see yeah. it in the actual game, do you, when they're actually throwing in front of the line and stuff like that. So there is so no. many rules. Do you know what it is as well? Yeah. The rules never stay the same. They change it every year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why so I said to Google. What's the point in learning the rules? It just keeps adapting, doesn't it? And I think when you get into it, I mean, I don't know how long have you been following American football? And like I said, we're still learning the rules as we go because there is so many of them as well. But yeah, um, basic is you need to get a touchdown and score more points. That's how you win. But <laughs> that's basically it. Um, Play Madden. Yeah, exactly. It helps. So, what's your thoughts on why the Eagles traded their sixth pick? Seems odd. Odd, given we tanked that final game. No, you just shit. You didn't tank it. <laughs> Do you know what it is? <laughs> Tanking that game has earned you an extra pick. You know what I mean? That's what it's yeah. done. Tanking that games give you the capital to trade out of six and to get an extra and to get an extra pick. I think um, I think you you kind of find yourself in a similar position to what I was describing with Miami with um, Tua, whereas you've now got the ammo to see if Jalen Hurts is your guy, and if he's not your guy, you can trade up and you can get your quarterback next year. Bearing in mind like your Carson Wentz deal is probably gonna that's probably gonna get you yeah, a first as well. First. I mean it's a second yeah. at least, but it's probably gonna get you another first. So you're gonna be having about three first round picks next year. You get to have a look at Hurts this year. If you don't like it, you can go, okay, then let's trade up and let's go get our quarterback next year. And there's some decent guys next year as well, you know? Yeah. yeah. I said the same to Phil. We were talking about it. And I, I think they'll go sort of a wide threat, whether it be somehow Pitts drops down to there or one of the, the three wide receivers. And, and I said, like, they'd clearly be one at six, but I still think they'll be one of the three at 12. Uh, I think, yeah. that, you know, it might be the worst of the three, but I think they're all good. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at, I mean, off the top of my head, I'm thinking the Philadelphia's lost on. I'm thinking that their second week got hammered last year. So I'm thinking, you know, JC Horn, um, Patrick Sertain could be a possibility there. That would be a great range for them to actually come to think. Do you think Cowboys will take him at 10? I think they've got to look at it, haven't they? I think they've got to be looking at it. You know, there's, a, there's another question here which talks about who the best drafting team of the last five years. I'm going to put the Cowboys into this blend. We make it laugh and we joke about, you know, like the Cowboys and their drafting. But over the last few years, they've routinely took best player available and they've arguably been one of the better drafting teams of the last five years. You know, when we're thinking of the players who have come into that franchise and went on to make Pro Bowls, you know, um, I'm thinking about, you know, like um, Leighton Van Esch, you know, done well, hit the ground running. Yeah, he's had some neck injuries since, but he's come in and he's hit the ground running. You know, uh, C.D. Lamb. Last year, you know, he, he's the same, you know, he came in and they didn't necessarily have a need for him there, but they took him anyway. Um, so the Cowboys, I think, you know, going with that best player available format, I think, um, I think Sir Tom would be a great bet for them there. I think, I think if he's there, they'll take him. He's definitely he's, in the top 10 players. Does it still annoy you that we moved up to take Connor Cook ahead of the Cowboys and they ended up with Dak? Yeah, it makes us sick. <laughs> <In your mouth. laughs> it makes us sick in your mouth. 
It makes us even more sick when I look back at we grade on Connor Cook on that and I had a second round grade on that. What do I think? You know what I mean? I think I, I, think I had him in the top 50 that year. So I think I'm oh, just outside of it. I think, I think I remember rightly. I think I had him 50 seconds on the list. So, you know, what do I know? <laughs> yeah, join us next week when we've got a new draft expert. I've had some good sleepers like Jeremy Chin, but um, you know, you've got to hold your hands up the bad ones that you have as well. People are judged like, not only on the winners, but the losers, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah you've got but, to hold uh, your hands up. It's nice to nice saying the Cowboys are your pick for like, the best drafting team of the last five years. <laughs> we talked about the Eagles, so it is over to you, Tom. NFC East. <laughs> let's the let's have the backstory first. <laughs> I, I mean, I can't answer this question because I've already thrown Wedge at him for winning the league. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, so Jordan's a prick, like we've said, we've already established. Um, but he, he's a funny guy um, and he decided that he thinks the Seahawks have got a better chance of is it making a Super Bowl or winning a Super Bowl before the Giants win the East? I think it was winning a Super Bowl, wasn't it? Either way, it's a crazy bet. Mm, um, I'd have to have a look back. But yeah, he's put 20 quid on it because he can obviously throw 20 quid away at the end of this season. Um, and now just tries to bait me out. That any, he's got such limited like involvement in the group at the moment because he's very busy writing and, and working, etc. But any opportunity he has to take the Giants out, <laughs> He finds a chance, and it just typifies what he is in a Seahawks and Arsenal fan. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's, uh, here we are. Jordan's corrected us making. I'll go back and check because um, I don't trust you. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so, I mean, look, it, it's still the, probably the shittiest division out there, but um, that gives us a better chance. And I, I think we've done brilliantly free agency. Um, but then there's also a risk, you know, winners... I think they say something like Kings of March aren't always Kings of the Division. So we're, we'll see. You know, like Jordan says there, Dak's got our number. Dak does perform against us and can carry the Cowboys, but their defence is shit. So hopefully they're terrible. Eagles will finish bottom of the division this year. Um, I think our main threat's Washington. But, I would say the same. Um, yeah, I just think, you know, the moves they've made to help Gibson and McLaurin. And then they've already got a solid front line on that defence. And the secondary isn't that bad. It's a bit slept on. Um, it's nowhere near as good as our secondary, which is the best in the league, never mind the division. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're winning it. Because that, there's no... What, what are Washington going to do when Fitz decides he's had enough of the season in week six? Yeah, well, this is the year that I'm hoping that actually happens and I'll be sitting praying and please, please and give Heineken him... can come in and win it all. Fucking Heineken, yeah. He'll come in and have a losing game. I watched that. Um, I was watching the, the playoffs again last night, and um, remember that Heineken game? Came in, he done well. I wonder, you know, like I wonder if they think that they can see something in him. I wonder if they think they can see something in him. He had a really good FCS record, you know. He played really well in college, that kid. Um, I'd be surprised. Yeah, with it as well, might help. So you never know, do you? I mean, learning under Fitzpatrick. He could like learn the NFL. Like, who else would you rather have learned from? Someone who's been to basically every team in the NFL over what 15, 20 years, <laughs> 20 year career. So I love he's what the got some I love what the film. Yeah, I love McLaurin. I think he's just mint. Um, Samuel's, Samuel's an really, unbelievable pickle. Yeah, yeah, really crafty pickle. Pick Gibson's a really good player. I liked him coming out last year, and he done really well in his rookie year. Um, yeah. Logan Thomas came on towards the end of the season. I think they're decent. Yeah, team. I quite like Washington Redskins. I do. The defense is scary, man. Yeah, agreed. Sweat and chase okay, out so side. Just because I've been accused of ignoring questions, <laughs> I was coming on to it. Uh, just, just so you know, guys. <laughs> The draft, the draft questions flowed, okay? As a producer, yeah. I'm going to keep this flowing. So I wasn't ignoring it, but thank you well, for clarifying. I just started baiting you out already on the live, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so, fourth and 15 as a replacement to the onside kick. Is it happening this year? They voted it down last year, barely. Producer over here ignoring my question. So, do you, do you see uh, the fourth and 15 coming in this year? It's something that 
you think would improve the game, but rather than having these onside kicks, make it a little bit more challenging, especially in the last few minutes of the game. If they've got a fourth and 15, would it? What are your views on it? I, th- I don't um, think it's far enough. I don't think it's far enough. I would make a four and 20 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like onside kicks. What's the odds of getting an onside kick converted? I mean, it's got to be minimal. And that's just Greg Zulang. As Raiders fans, we know when a team has third and fifteen, they, they they're throwing sixteen yards, aren't they? We we know that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it'd be like a Leo. I would I would never go and never kick them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I, I, I personally, I don't think four, four and fifteen is long enough. I would if it was four and twenty, it would it would feel a bit better about it. But four and fifteen seems a little bit in the tears game. You know, you got quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson who can break a pocket and. You know, Justin Herbert, you know, 15 they yards. They can run that 15 yards. yards. I'm so, so happy two of them are in our division that you mentioned there. Yeah, yeah. Makes me really ecstatic as well. And I imagine if, and imagine if Denver get, get Trey Lance, it'd just be fantastic. I was about to say, who, do you think it could be Denver that go to fourth, trade up to fourth, or who else? Is Panthers in there? Are they? I think... I think it depends what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson, isn't it? I know that Carolina were really in on Deshaun before all these sexual allegations came out. And be honest with you, I'm the one who's been putting those sexual allegations out there. <laughs> <laughs> because because if, 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 it meant if Carolina got Deshaun Watson, you know, like the run for Denver to get Trey Lance would be, you know, like would be really clear. So I've just been throwing up a few people that I know. I've been, you know, getting some stories out there and getting some feelers out there. And um, all I'm saying is the last old Deshaun Watson with Jimmy Savile a few years back down the day. <laughs> 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 oh, dear. Oh, dear. He's up to 19 now, isn't it? 19 count. No, but yeah. in all seriousness, though, like if Caroline, like a Deshaun Watson, Denver getting Trey Lance. It is a real thing, like, and I don't think I could take it. <laughs> We're gonna have to, aren't we? I can't wait. What what <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, like, just at, least just... at least we've had some good, successful years recently to, to think we can take a few years without any success. Oh, hang on, no, no, we haven't. <laughs> well, that's a perfect time to say. I know it's about 74 years left on the deal. But is this the year make or break for Gruden? Hundred percent. God, you know, the third year is really the make or break. Um, you know, when you look at head coaches who come into franchises, normally they say by the third year you want playoff football. Um, look at the Browns. Yeah, yeah. Look at the Browns. Look at McVeigh. You know, look what McVeigh. Like you know, like these. Head coaches don't get that time these days. I mean, Gruden wants to be thankful he's on a on a ten year deal and he's got a bit of autonomy. But um, I, I think I said this earlier on. I think we've had quite a good free agency, by the way. Like I'm going to give the, the Raiders dues where they deserve it. That John Brown contract looks amazing when you compare it to Agla Hall. That was fucking hard to say. Whoops, I swore. And um, and T Y Hilton's contract. You know, like we've done well on that deal. I think um, you you hit the nail on the head when you text me about Yannick and Gokaway that it's a two year deal, so he has yeah. to perform. Um, yeah, and he's a he's a and, great and, player, and and he's still in his prime. We're still, mm. you know, we're signing a, yeah. he's twenty five years old. He's, he's a year older than Damon Arnett, <laughs> my favourite first rounder of recent history. <laughs> Damon Arnett, <laughs> still can't believe we drafted him. Uh, in all honesty, another question from Jordan. Who are you going to take in the first round? Who do you think the Vaders are going to take? Somebody who's expected to go in the fifth. Palmer <laughs> 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 Jackson from Benson. <laughs> yeah. like, like, in, in, all, in all fairness, right, I'm working on a theory. If we, and I've been giving this to Andy all week, I, I'm, I think that there's some really good round three offensive talent, offensive tackle talent. I think Jackson Carmen, who I just mentioned there, was one of them. I th- I really like James Hudson from Cincinnati, from Cincy. Um, Jalen Mayfield, I might be tempted to put him at the back end of two, early early round three. 
and Ed Brown, Spencer Brown from Northern Iowa, if I remember rightly. So these are all your day three, uh, sorry, your round three talents. I think if I was a Raiders, and this is my theory, I'll go get one of the versatile inside out offensive linemen round one. That means I get someone like Ray Sean Slater, if he's there, or I get um, Biara Tucker. Now, these are guys who can play guard, but are comfortable at offensive tackle. So we take we take one of those in round one, and then round three, we swing back, and we get somebody like James Hudson, for example, you, you know, or dip. Jackson yeah. Coleman. We've got history of double dipping. You know, if you look past Miok's draft history, in areas of need, we'll double dip. Yeah, we've got Clay, we've got Max, right? I need a defensive end. The year we got, um, last year we got Lugs and we came back and we got Edwards, um, Damon Ornette and Amick Robertson. We've got a history of double dipping in areas of extreme need. And we normally come back on somebody with, with upside, you know, somebody like Max who was athletic and long and not necessarily strong. Um, you know, like, and, 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 and the same for like Amick, small, feisty, but not necessarily long, like, you know, both game and all next, or even long, to be honest with you. <laughs> but you, 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 you. You get the idea. So I think that will, I think that Viera Tucker at 17 or Ray Sean Slater, if either of them make it, will come, would be a great pick. Because then you can start them outside or you can leave them in at guard. And then you can have a look at somebody like James Hudson or Jackson Carmen, you know, and have a look at them for offensive tackling round three. I just can't take Slater seriously. Like, I, obviously, I've seen all his tape and stuff now because there's a lot of talk about the Giants potentially going for him. But he just looks so nerdy when he wears them glasses, doesn't he? And it's like, you see these offensive tackles as sheer brutes. And I've seen him doing bloody reps with glasses on. And I'm like, I just can't. I can't buy into it yet. He just looks nerdy and weak because of it. Yeah, he's an absolute unit. Yeah, don't say that with Tevin Jenkins. He wears glasses as well, and he's got some of the most volatile <laughs> offensive tackling team I've ever seen in this draft. Like, he will beat you to a pulp, you know what I mean? So, Tevin, Te- Tevin Jenkins is another real possibility for us, sir. There's another one who's a possibility for us at 17. Um, I really do hope... We, we, I'd, I'd, rather, I'd rather we go somewhere like offensive tackle. Um, you know, like, then, then, then the edge class. Um Whilst I like the edge class, I, I, I feel that offensive tackle is one of those premium positions. And if you get an edge wrong, you know, like their blowouts, if you get an offensive tackle wrong, you just kick them inside the garden, they'll still have some kind of long in their career. Um, and I think we, we need we need to find starters. And we've got a big hole at right tackle. So. I know um, JP, um, and don't worry, Bones, I will come to you. <laughs> JP. <laughs> who's, who's the worst draft bust of all time, and why is it Jamarcus Russell? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's the worst draft bust of all time. Um, and why is it Jamarcus Russell? Because he didn't learn the playbook. The story is incredible of them giving him a blank tape and uh, he claimed he watched it and it was a completely blank tape. Just uh, <laughs> Where you did you have any graded, Mark? Uh, oh, do you know what? Did you watch his pro deal? It was all going to be the... What, I mean, talking about pro deals, his pro deal was phenomenal. He was beaming the ball all over the place. I think... I think you've got to understand that I think everybody had a consensus number one that year. You know what I mean? I don't think anybody expected him to come in and be the boss that he was because he, he is, like, his pro day was, was... I think Daniel Jeremiah and a number of the NFL Network guys have said it was the best pro day they've ever seen and they even make reference to it now, you know, when they're talking about Trevor Lawrence's pro day. They still talk about, you know, uh, Jamal Russell's pro day. <laughs> um... <laughs> So I think, there's I, a lot I, of stuff going on. I think I think when we think busts though, I, and I'm gonna go to another reader because <laughs> we've drafted so <laughs> fantastically. But Darius Haywood's beer for me has to be the bust of the draft because like he was then round one and he ran this fast forty time and that was it. We decided to make him a top ten pick off the back of it. 
and we couldn't have had any competition because we could have waited the second round and got him. But for me, that's like you're having the busts, the ones where somebody swings for the fences and he just falls flat on his arse. You know, at least Jamarcus Russell, every other GM in the league was thinking if he doesn't go one, we'll, we'll take him two. You know, with Darius Hayward's beer, we were out there on a limb as the only ones who saw him as a first-round talent, you know, and, well, he wasn't a first-round talent, you know. With um, Raiders' bust, do you see Clee Farrell as a bust? I see it as a really poor pick at number four. You know what I'm like? You've heard me before. You know how I rate um, going into the draft and targeting positions of need. Um, if, you, if you're that high up and you're not going to take a quarterback, and if there is three or four quarterbacks in, in, in the draft, just trade out. Team, you know, get more capital and just trade out. If you are forced to stay in the four and pick someone, pick someone who's got game-changing ability, not somebody who's a base fourthly end. That's that, you know, like, and, I, and I'm not saying Devin White would have been the pick either. You know, honestly, my pick would have been Brian Burns. Most people know that. I really like Brian Burns that year. Um, you know, but yeah, I mean, at least go for athletic upside. I like Clay Farrell. I would have felt much better about Clay Farrell at the Josh Jacobs pick. I would have felt much better with him in the 20s than I did about him number four. Just think it's a really. A four-three base end who you know who kicks inside on passing downs and you know like doesn't really have much bend. You know, does have some hand counters, but he wasn't really a scream off the edge in Clemson. It, it, it doesn't move the needle enough for us, like you know. Yeah. So Bones comes in to say, so many prove it deals this year with one and two year deals. Do you think the cap is actually going to have a positive effect on performance around the league this year? I think loads of players do, don't they? <laughs> loads of players always play for I mean, look at Leonard Williams. You know, he's his prime he, at the Jets he was underwhelming. I think was he fifth round he was fifth pick overall, I think, or sixth pick overall. Never really got where he needed to do. Came to the Giants, had an average half a season, and then got franchise tagged and had a worldie. 12 sacks, pay me my money. And then we franchised him again for a second time, knowing full well that we needed to agree a contract. And he just held us to a nosebleed contract, and rightly so. So I, I think they will. I wouldn't be surprised. I'd hate it. I wouldn't be surprised to see him have an average season this season. Now he's got his three-year deal. Yeah. No worries. So who do you think, this from DJ, which team do you think will come out of this draft? Dick and looking the force for 2021 season. Jags. Jags or Jets was, was, was my um, my thoughts. Jags or Jets. Jags. Yes, Jags are leaving the draft with the best quarterback uh, prospects and look probably probably better on most draft boards and look. Um, and they're not a bad team and they're going to their franchise is going to be set for the next 10 to 15 years isn't it? Really? The question is, like, I know um, speaking on our Madden franchise mode, uh, we currently have a Jaguars uh, player in there. Um, Dan Jones, not the Daniel Jones, but Dan Jones decided to trade away his first round pick for Dak Prescott. Would you rather have Dak Prescott or would you rather have Trevor Lawrence? No, I'd rather have Trevor Lawrence. Do you think, think he's going to be unreal then? Yeah, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to come in the, the, with the very first ball that he throws back before he's even thrown a ball in the NFL. I think he's a top 10 quarterback, which is pretty well, absurd, but he's that good. <laughs> Surprises me from you that. Yeah, it's pretty um, absurd, um, but he is that good. Obviously, oh, yeah, I know you watch a lot of NFL and you watch a lot of college football as well. I've got a question from Taryn. When is <laughs> Jamie going to admit that the XFL is a superior product? <laughs> it's not. <laughs> but have you, did you watch the XFL when it returned? Did no. you watch any of it now? <laughs> you don't even you see college football <laughs> XFL. It goes yeah, NFL, I see college football. College football, XFL. Okay, just, just so we can cl- clarify that. XFL doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we we watched a little bit of the XFL, didn't we? Um, yeah, New York Guardians. 
I think uh, that's where Connor Cook ended up, didn't he? Um, <laughs> it's just just about right. Well, there was a quarterback this season that came from the XFL. PJ yeah. yeah, yeah. So PJ Walker did for Carolina, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, that was him, yeah. Turner's got a good question. Put that Turner question up, Jamie. Yeah. So, question for Mark. There's three late-round sleepers. Day three late-round sleepers. Oh, I'll probably give him a handful already. So, you know. I'm sure he doesn't tell me those. <laughs> Kendrick, Kendrick Green, Illinois. I really like Kendrick Green, Illinois. He's going to be around about that round four and um, round five range and um, he can play guard he can play center he moves really well he's strong i really like kendrick green and um, paulson adivo from stanford seems to have slid down everyone's boards and went completely unnoticed a couple of years back he was getting first round balls he was put on an island a lot at stanford i really like paulson adivo he's long six foot one he moves all right. I think he'll be. I think he'll make a lost and, and and will clear snaps in his rookie season. He's got lots of experience. Um, Trey McKitty, Georgia, was miscast there. Has a touch of the Foster Moreau about him. He'll probably be a pro. Then he will be college player. Um, he'll probably be late, maybe round six, maybe round seven. Trey McKitty's a good a good shout. Uh, the tight end. Be looking for an all round tight end. Hunt along. The Boston tight end, another one, and um, probably more, pro- pro- probably uh, yeah, probably probably more round four than 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 a sleeper. I would say probably more round four, but he's a good player. And um, there's there's plenty of good talent down the board, and mostly most of the time you're looking for people who are in poor situations. So I'm taking like um, you know like Schwartz, it was at Alabama, you know, really poor quarterback for Knicks. You know he's he, he's going to he's going to come in and he's, going, and he's going to be put into a situation with that kind of track speed, where he's going to be a punt returner, kick returner, and he'll make a roster on it, and he'll probably look really good in that position. So, you know, like so, there's there's plenty of players out there who'll will make rosters, and most of the time it's because of bad situations in college. Yeah. And I'm not sure if any of you can elaborate on this because I have no idea what he means. Early natty prediction from Jordan. What no, national championships? Means. Yeah, he means a natty ah. national championship. Okay, fair enough. Um, there you go. Um, so <laughs> I'm having a look and I'm thinking, and I'm thinking, well, Alabama are going to be hard to move off. They had a really good recruiting class again this year, and I think Georgia might move the needle on them a little bit, but it's going to be hard to look past Alabama again. I think you know, like they just have a procession line of talent and ability. Um, Clemson, Clemson. Um, you know, like, I kind of pronounce the quarterback's name and I'm sure this is why he's asking us the question. So I'll try <laughs> and have a go at pronouncing the quarterback's name. But Clemson, um, Clemson are, are in a good position as well. But, um, yeah, I think I think Alabama will probably be nailed on for another national championship. But watch out for Georgia and the SEC. And do you think Lance and Judy, they're going to be pretty nasty together? Lance and Judy would be nasty, right? Trey Lance. Sounds like a right good 80s sort of cop duo, that, doesn't it? <laughs> Lance and Judy. Lance is going to be a tremendous, tremendous professional. It, I hope he lands in a really good situation. Like, I would love him to land in Carolina with Brady, you know, with Joe Brady. Um I would hate from Alan in like Chicago, for example. You know what I mean? Um, I think I think if someone's going to move up, um, I really hope that he lands with somebody who's going to know how to use him. And um, yeah, and he, he doesn't he doesn't get Mitch Trubisky. That's the top and bottom of it. Um, so yeah, Jordan wants you to say his name. I've I've just googled him. Um, yeah, uh, good luck. Is, is, it, is it DJ Uigalele? It's it, oh God. I'm gonna actually attempt to say this. Has <laughs> <laughs> put me teeth in. I'm gonna have to take a few goes at this. Ugalele. 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 I think. I think it's. I think it's a good gug, and you say Ugalele like that. But he came in for travel this year when he had COVID. He looked really good. He was. I mean, he was. A, he was a. 
he was a vaunted bloody high school uh, recruit, you know what I mean? Though? But he came in when yeah. Lawrence had the COVID and he looked, he looked unreal. The saying he's the early favourite for the Heisman for 2020. Yeah, he's a good player. Yeah, good player. Spencer Battler's there as well, let's not forget, you know. It's good, yeah, for quarterbacks. I mean, Ugalele won't be coming out, you know. He, he, he'll be in there another year, but Spencer Battler, Spencer Battler's a, 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 a good player on his own, like, you know. DJ Ugalele, what a name. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> unbelievable name. It's a great He's scrabble score, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, you're a very popular one tonight. Everybody just wants to hear you talk, Mark. So, you give me one question. He's filled content here, hasn't he? <laughs> filled content. What a guy. <laughs> who is the best player in the world? Who is the best prospect you graded in the last four years who hasn't quite made it like you thought they would have? Probably Derek Brown. Derek Brown last year. Um, well, that's Matt will remember, and, and, and Andy and a few, a few of your Raiders fans will remember. I was all over Derek Brown. I was on him, you know, like two years before he came out, and I honestly thought that he would just come in. And he, to be to be fair with you, I mean, he had a great last four or five games of the season. He started to come into his own, but I expected him just to have, you know, lights out production straight away. But I think that's a defensive tackle position for you a little bit as well. It takes a little bit to come together. Um. Who else have I really missed on? Not many. That's how good I am. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I tell you what, Tom, one of yours, DeAndre Baker. I was massive on DeAndre Baker coming out of Georgia. And I know yeah. it's under slightly different circumstances. But um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I was I was high on him that year. I was really high on him that year. I thought, wow, the Giants have just got themselves a, a corner that's going to be there for years. Yeah. We traded yeah, up for yeah, him yeah. as well, didn't we? We we traded yeah. up to get back in the first for him. You can't. I mean, there was loads of hindsight stuff came out on Twitter about oh, he always had red flags. Uh, I just don't think you can foresee that someone's going to hold someone up at gunpoint, can you? Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, you're not going to get a red flag that's going to say this guy who's got tons of money is going to go to play Madden with someone and fancy his watch, so puts a gun in his face to yeah. take it. Um, but then, of course, he got found not guilty and and then went to the Chiefs. He's landed on the Chiefs. And I was like, here we go. He's going to get a ring. And then snapped his leg, which was gruesome. I mean, which had, is I've great. Had, I've, I've probably had some bigger misses, but some of them are, are, are still developing. Like Ed Oliver. I kind of thought Ed Oliver was going to come in and be this like, eight or nine sack guy, eight or nine sack guy a season from the inside. And he hasn't really had that production yet, though he, he's he's got he's got that ability. You know, he flashes and bursts and stuff like that with it. So I have I have had you know like I, some of the guys who I've had, you know, I've been really high on. Um, like Melifonwu, there's another name that I took. This. I was massive on Melifonwu the year the Raiders took them. I would have took them. I was I would have been happy. I would have been happy to have taken them with our first round pick. Um, but when we got him with the second, I was like leaping for joy. I was buzzing with it. Absolutely dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. So there's been a few where I've been high on and been really poor. I've got a really good question from Gary there. Um, bit of a backstory to it. But I think, um, what do you like on your subway, Mark? <laughs> Shite. Joe, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's. It, it's been that long since I've had a subway. I feel like I should answer this with some sort of dignity. Um, <laughs> we we know it's right to mind. We poor Mavinara. We poor Mavinara. There's a lot of stick in the group subway, and I don't agree with it at all. <laughs> it's, uh, not so much, it's not the stick it gets, it's the story we had a while ago. Yeah, you used to have it like every day. It was. I was, was going to advertise the group chat a little bit to say, you know, we're not going to air the story on here but um the story was phenomenal where it led to from that um gave us a great probably three or four weeks of laughing about different types of bread um, yeah. so... <laughs> to be fair any story that starts with mark in the group <laughs> has unbelievable merits to it doesn't it one way or the other it's either hilarious for the wrong reasons or amazing for very admirable reasons um yeah. There's, no, there's, no in, there's no in between. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I'm bipolar. What can I say? I don't actually care. I'm not. I'm not. Just in case anybody is, but like my my conversations are like bipolar. <laughs> I think um, I'm really good or just really sham, you know. So we we touched on it last week about the charity that work that you do, Mark, and that yeah. Kieran's doing for you. I think if you want to spend a few minutes, yeah, talking about the road to recovery and and where people can donate if they want to that sort of thing then obviously the, the stage is yours fill your boots mate yeah thank you you know i feel like i should put my sensible head on now people at work when you believe me when i'm outside I'm work, people outside, <laughs> people outside work. <laughs> yeah people from outside work we never believe me in work and people in work we never believe me outside of it you know like no... but yeah the road, the road to recovery trust was something that was started up um a number of years back by a group of people in long-term recovery um Newcastle itself, as a region, has is, is got the, the worst statistics for drug and alcohol-related deaths, hospital admissions. We've got the worst um, contractions of hepatitis C. We've also got the worst for child poverty and poverty and stuff like that, which all goes hand in hand. Unemployment's traditionally high. Um, Newcastle's like the city, and then you've got a lot of the outskirts, you know, where it's like you have or you have not, and that's the top and bottom of it. Um, and it's kind of been rebuilt itself as a as a, a cultural city, you know, like where stag parties and all that kind of come. But there's a real dark side, that kind of world, you know, where people can feel excluded and it's not really their life. And, and, and yeah, so the Road of Recovery Trust was kind of set about to try and impact the statistics that we were having in our region. Um, it was formed by people in long-term recovery who felt that in addiction they were isolated and lonely in their life. But yeah, even in recovery, still felt like it was the same. So we um we we formed and we we used to do um we used to do get togethers for people in recovery who wanted that little bridge to normal living. And as as it turned out, we've got a building eventually, and we raised some funds, and we have like a little hub in your castle, which is used by about two thousand people of the recovery community. Um, and and we run events from the hub and we'll have things like um, oh we'll have all sorts of stuff there now you know we'll have like psychiatrists who work upstairs so anybody can drop in for a cup of coffee and, and go see somebody and have a chat you know if the day at work's been too difficult we've got financial um we've got financial services i help people with debt and um and benefit claims and and you know like you know when you come out of addiction most of us are broken we've exhausted every single avenue that we can find and um, one, one of the things that we find really difficult in recovery is, um, is you know, like getting tenancies and work with landlords who want a credit check you and, and, and all that kind of stuff. So we have like um, a financial um, well-being kind of surgery on, which helps people with that stuff and helps them take control of their debt. We've got like yoga, meditation and Reiki and all that kind of stuff. And then we've got like the events and stuff that we do. And we have, um, we have like a kitchen which serves food. And we get a load of people who come through there in early recovery, you know, who need to learn how to cook on a budget and how to make meals for five pounds and, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know, because addiction reduces your down to animal living in the end. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's, so that's a charity that I work for. Uh, that's a charity that I'm the director of now. Um, and we've done all sports. We've had John Ashworth, you know, the Shadow Health Secretary, came to visit us not long ago. Um, he came to visit us because we're doing a lot of work with the children and the adults of alcoholics, you know, the parents of alcoholics and the, the partners of alcoholics. And he loved that kind of support because he said often, you know, we the, the society only focuses on the alcoholic and not on their loved ones or their children who get to say this stuff. So, um, yeah, we, we do all sorts of stuff. But, yeah, we took a pepper in this year. We took an absolute pepper in in 2020, you know, with COVID and we're, uh, we're free at the point of access service. So all our yoga and all our workshops and all our employability courses and all these life skills courses that we do, all free. Um, the only thing that we actually make money off is our cafe, uh, which does a reasonable trade because the university students are on board with it. But with COVID, it just pep at us. Um, and of course, we haven't been able to do our sober events or all our evenings that we do for the recovery community. So we, we just took a huge dent with COVID and thankfully I was able to get some funders on board and we've been able to get all the core costs being covered, you know, like the building and staffing and stuff like that. But it's the little donations that I'm really missing at the moment. You know, like the Great North Run probably brought about six grand into my coffers every single year. And when when the Great North Run was on, 
and we had to register. I didn't have the money. It was when we were going through a really hard time. I didn't have the money to register the places. There's only like £708 to register the places, but I literally didn't have it in the bank. Um, and we weren't able to do the Great North Run in 2021 now as a result. I've got on for 2022, but uh, for 2021, yeah, that's like £6,000. That pays for my 40 volunteers that do all the, that do all the, all the outreach stuff and feeding people in the city centre and all that stuff like so. Yeah, we're, in the, we're doing all right. I mean, the, the building and everything's secure now and I've got jobs to give people and that's looking rosy. But yeah, it's little donations for the little events that I need to do that I really need the money for at the minute. So it gives you money, you gets. <laughs> <laughs> now, we'll, we'll post again for anyone obviously listening. We'll, we'll post on the socials um, easy ways to sponsor Kieran because we want to see him absolutely get ground to the, the bone in having to do this workout just to make some money. But yeah, anything, um, you know, I think we we might have already posted. If not, we'll post the charity bank account, charity registered number. So, you know, it's not a con because I know Mark looks a bit dodgy. Um, but <laughs> yeah, you know, any, any donation, it helps. It's a, it's a great cause. We spoke about it last yeah, week. It's, and it's, it's close to, you know, as much as Newcastle, that's regardless. We, you know, I think everyone in the group or the majority of people in the group have been affected by you know, what you guys cover in some way. So definitely yeah. a charity close to our heart. So anything will help, that'd be brilliant. I think when it comes to addiction, it touches so many of us because when we think of addiction, we just think of drugs, but alcohol, but gambling, gaming, overeating, undereating, self-harm, you know, all that stuff falls under addiction, you know, like, and, and we deal with all that stuff as well, you know what I mean? So I've got people who are, you know, I've, I've, I, the demand for me services and you know, I've got volunteers at this moment in time manning phones um, you know like doing our hotline and we'll probably get about three or four calls an hour on our hotline from people in different states who want to know what 12 step meetings are on you know where, where they can get support you know and most and most of them at the minute are, are new are brand new to recovery they're brand new you know like they're, they're just people who are, who are crumbling and the strain of everything yeah. you know well, the, the Road to Recovery Trust is our nominated charity. Anything we do in the group, um, we, we 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 now do towards the Road to Recovery. As we said, Kieran's doing his bit, and we'd love to see him absolutely beasted and uh, <laughs> work down to his, his last um, pound of weight. Um, but, yeah, no, thanks thanks again for coming on, Mark. We, we, we literally asked you at 6.42, and I think it went live at 6.45. So um, you've done us a massive favour. Um, and all the questions have been for you, really. No, no one's really cared about me, Jamie or Tom. Um, I, I didn't so, about XFL, thank you. And Tom, I uh, about NFC, so. But, um, no, it's been a... We've definitely everyone, again, closer to draft, I imagine. And probably with Jordan. Yeah as well yeah and you can have a, a bit of a draft off between you maybe um but um it's been uh it's been as, as jamie's put at the bottom there buy our merch at the link that's below silverfx.co.uk uh, another another raiders fan um who me well we all know um but we all me mark and andy unfortunately met through the raiders um i wish <laughs> yeah. there was i wish there was another way we met um <laughs> but it was our um Raiders, what Raiders? i'm i'm, a, I'm an elliot rams fan me man <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're not we're gonna I mean, but no thanks again for coming on mark and and as as we've all said um get on to Mark's charity. If you can donate anything, just donate uh, even a, a five. If, if 10 people donate a five, that's 50 quid straight in, into the charity there and that would be massive. So, uh, yeah, we'll uh, hopefully got a guest on next week, um, which we're looking forward to. He's supposed to be on this week, but he is travelling across America at the moment, so we can't have him today. Unfortunately, I don't know who he thinks he is, having some sort of life um, yeah, well, outside of the podcast, but um, it is what it is. Yeah, I've Air Force One plane. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Imagine. So no, as always, no, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Third and Short Pod. Yeah, no problem. I hope you've enjoyed it in this new format and got to interact with everybody on the side as well, and just get grilled really about your knowledge. So <laughs> it, it's been fun. Yeah.
Yeah, it's, it's throwing us because I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm going to the internet at the moment, so I'm doing this on my phone. So all I can see is me on my phone, and it's like I can't see you guys. <laughs> which do you have the do you have the same kind of format on your side? Can you just see yourselves on on your screen or whatever? Do you exactly no, see? No, well, we, we get we get we get the whole screen. So you know, remember like yeah. last week when you watched it, we see everything. So we see all four of us, the chat on the right, everything. Yeah. Technology in Newcastle isn't, isn't as good as what it is in Blackpool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not good with technology anyway, to be honest with you. Like, I'm, 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 I'm just totally winging it. <laughs> That's why I mean, Tom drafted Jamie in to do the podcast because we're terrible as well. I know. Well, let's see what happens in the next few weeks and we evolve even more. Let's, I don't know what's more techn- technologically advanced then going live but you know we'll find out i'll find (laughs) but um yeah that's um episode 26 of the third in short podcast i hope you enjoyed it and we'll see you next week